Welcome to Lead On Purpose. I'm James Lachlan, former seven-time world champion musician and now executive coach to global leaders and high performers. In every episode, I bring you an inspiring leader or expert to help you lead your life and business on purpose. Thanks for taking the time to connect today and investing in yourself. Enjoy the show. You're in for an absolute treat. Today, I welcome in Dan Mangina. He just recently spent time on Necker Island with Richard Branson. Oprah Winfrey loves what he does. If you want to know how to manifest abundance, and I'm not just talking about money. Yes, that's part of it. But manifest abundant relationships, health, wealth, then listen in today. Dan walks the walk. He's got incredible books out there, incredible programs, and he is able to show others how to do what he has done. So if you want that freedom and that abundance as a leader, then listen in. Dan, a massive welcome to the Lead on Purpose podcast. James, thank you for having me. Awesome to be here and hang out with you. Now, it's an absolute pleasure. And I wanted to chat to you about abundance for quite some time. Now, we're part of a, a similar group uh, where we, we get mentored and coached by, by some amazing people. And I seen your brand come up and I was just inspired by what you do. And then the next day I see you sitting on Necker Island with Richard Branson. I was like, we need to chat. Tell me what you're up to. <laughs> Yeah, um, um, the funny thing is, is that that's something I've wanted to do as long as I can remember. I don't remember the exact moment, but I don't remember not knowing about that island and wanting to go there. So Richard's been a someone that I've admired and who's been a hero of mine for many, many years. And so by a series of synchronicities and just, again, relationship building and not even intending, you know, I ended up there and I'm returning again later this year, going again next year. We've got a little bit of a chess rivalry going on. Um, and we also got to, to brainstorm a problem that one of his charities are working on and be a part of that. So just really awesome to see how um, who you are and how you treat people can just end up showing up as blessings that you didn't even know you were going to get. So beautiful. Great way mm-hmm. to start the show. For the person listening right now, just think about that, how you're treating the people that you're connecting with today. Mm-hmm. So abundance. Let's chat about it. I think for me, abundance is certainly something uh, I chase. It's certainly something mm-hmm. I think about, and I think about abundance in health, uh, in relationships, in wealth, mm-hmm. and I often feel that the wealth one mm-hmm. is the one that takes up the most energy, the most focus, and I think for me, and certainly for others that I've chatted with, sometimes that trying to find the abundance of wealth, um, mm-hmm. we feel that once we get that, then we can focus on all the other things, but mm-hmm. How do we work on that in a really organic and authentic way? How do we work on attracting more abundance? It's so crazy that you made mention about this because I one of the things I'm really passionate about is reminding people that abundance isn't singular in its dimension. So there are people who, for example, come to our world that are like, they get mad with me because I help people get financially abundant. And they're like, well, money is not the most important thing. I've got people that I care about and I've got my health, blah, blah, blah. You know, you just help. But 
what good is having health and connection if you don't have enough resources to live life on your own terms and to serve and nourish and pour into those connections and to pour into yourself to have the freedom to choose and to express freely but at the same time what good is having all the money in the world if you burn out if you've got no connections if you feel empty and it feels meaningless and so for me it's bringing everyone away from this monotone approach to abundance and bringing this 360 degree holistic approach to abundance and so we get people on both sides people have got all the money but don't have the other things got all the other things that don't have the money but bringing it together really is a function of a singular idea everything that we experience comes from the actions habits and behaviors that we've got our actions habits and behaviors follow on from our unconscious beliefs paradigms and thoughts that is contingent on our emotional state and that's contingent on our environment and what the inputs are and so that internal aspect of ourselves that leads to the action habits and behaviors if that's tuned in consciously and deliberately to the idea of this holistic approach to abundance, you won't have to hustle. You don't have to strive. You don't have to fight for it. Just as easily as we move through life, unfolding the outcomes we've been getting up until now, we can naturally and with flow unfold outcomes of abundance in our health, our relationships, and in our bank accounts. Wow. That's really powerful. Let's unpack that a little bit. So mm-hmm. if we take that back, so the end point, uh, say the, the end game is that we want to have, feel abundance, see abundance, and it's it's holistic across several pillars in our life. But if mm-hmm. we go back to the starting point, where, where mm-hmm. are those inputs and where, where's the starting point that people can actually focus on here? I think the first thing the starting point is, and this is, it's kind of, it's a little partnership, okay, a vision and identity. Because a lot of people don't even have any semblance of a clear, consciously chosen vision for what, A, abundance means to them, because we all have a different perspective on abundance, and B, that they have a belief in their own ability to be the identity of the abundant person. For me, this really came in when I was working on getting back in shape. You know, it's very easy, especially when you just had a kid and uh, all the gyms are shut to have the excuse, no, it's my wording to have the excuse that, oh God, I've got out of shape. Right. And so when I got past that story and just said, no, I'm going to sit and do this. I went to go and work out and I wasn't doing it. I went to go and eat more healthily and I wasn't doing it. And when I sat with it, it's because I had started to fall into the identity of someone who's out of shape and so on and so forth, because our unconscious mind operates at 10,000 to 10 million times the speed of the conscious mind. So the vision that we're holding there is always what's going to win out. It doesn't matter what we say we want. So when I haven't got a clearly defined vision, then how can I identify what new identity I need to be mentally and emotionally so that I can make the changes that are going to lead to the new outcome? So before even thinking about the rest of it, I want everyone to really get clear on what does abundance mean to you, number one, and what version of yourself do you need to be? What identity do you need to hold to be able to operate as the person who has the habits and behaviors, the thoughts, the actions in the environment that leads to that outcome? Mm-hmm. Really cool. And if someone's so stuck in their identity and they're, they're tied to the current identity, mm-hmm. is it possible that they could look to someone else around them that's already got what they want or who's acting the way that they want as at a way to help them get clearer on the vision of who they're going to be and that identity they want to strive to be? You can, but I often find that that's what causes one of the biggest problems in the world. People then go to build their life based on someone else's idea. And when I first started working with people back in 2018, One of the things I was doing is working with people going through a midlife crisis. And what we found was that people had spent 10, 15, 20 years building this life, this lifestyle, this frame for their life, realizing that it it wasn't even what they wanted. And that's why they played out with addictions, with extramarital affairs, with leaving families, with 
uh, you know, going off and getting a Harley motorcycle or whatever. And so what I would actually advocate is a hack. Instead of trying to look at someone else, just go to the opposite of what you don't want. If you can't get clear on what you do want, write down all the things that you don't want and simply identify what the opposite thing is to that. And now you're going to have an internally directed um, compass, North Star, instead of one that's dependent on someone else. Because I'm all really about people being independent and within their own power, their own agency. And that's more easily done. If you go to, okay, I can't say what I do want, but I know what I don't like. I know what I'm hating or I'm resistant to and simply note what the opposite is. And that's your starting point instead. That's fantastic. Yeah, because I think it's it's much easier for us to go, well, I don't want this, especially with our yeah. health. You know, I don't want to be a slob. I don't want to be <laughs> unhealthy. You know? yeah. I don't want to be hungover. Okay, so then yeah. I do want to be active. I do want to be focused. I do want to be alcohol-free. I love mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And you've wrote a couple of amazing books. So I'd love to chat a little bit about those. And for the listener that's listening right now, get on Audible and download it or get on Amazon and buy it. So the first one I wanted to chat about was uh, Stepping Beyond Intention. So yep. For the person who's about to buy that, yeah, tell them why it's important that they do grab it. Uh, so Stepping Beyond Intention was supposed to be my first book and ended up not being my first book because I just I was so attached to this book and what I was sharing that I I couldn't let it go. <laughs> in fact, I actually first published it in 2017 and I, I took it down after 24 hours because I didn't feel confident that it was ready. We're on our second edition now. Uh, three weeks ago, we just got p- picked up by Simon & Schuster Imprint. So we're going to be re- republishing that this, this year. We're doing the, the re-gut on that. So it'll be on the third edition under that, under that um, publisher. Well done. But what? Thank you. But what Stepping Beyond Intention really is, it's an exploration of the four-step process I created called Beyond Intention and how those four steps can allow you to consciously create your life, to create the life that you want and to do so without the stuck states, without the resistance, with flow and with the deep intentionality that leads to a sense of fulfillment and meaning at the end of the day. Because we all know people, I mean, just look at Hollywood. How many of these celebrities reach the the, the top of their craft? It's no mean feat to make it to the top of any field. Go to any restaurant in Hollywood and see all of the people who came to make it and didn't make it, right? And yet when they reach there, they fall into alcohol, they fall into drugs, they fall into suicide and all these dark things. So getting what you want and wanting what you get is a very important combination and stepping beyond intention will give you a model that you can use to go and do that. That's amazing. So mm-hmm. those four key steps, if there was a quick overview mm-hmm. on what those steps are, what are the four steps? I can do it in less than a minute. It's nice. clear, gratitude and listen. So accept that I'm the author and creator of my life. I'm responsible for what has happened and what will happen is radical acceptance. With that power, I can move to step two, which is clear, recognizing that I can't make change in a fake place. I can only make real change in a real place. And that's now. The past is gone. The future doesn't exist yet. And as long as I'm emotionally tied up, mentally tied up in those two things, I'm not present enough to make the choices that are going to create change. Step through gratitude is developing a positive expectation of an outcome by claiming it now through gratitude number four i'm human i'm not going to be switched on all the time i'm not going to get it right every day i'm not going to be happy all the time it's not all going to go according to plan but if i can think and feel with awareness i can return to a state of presence and acceptance of my responsibility that allows me to get present enough to develop that positive expectation and get to the outcome that i desire Wow, that's an incredible. Well, everyone, you've got to buy that that book right now. Get it downloaded, <laughs> get it bought. Amazing. Thank you. And let's Thank take you. a step back further. Mm-hmm. What prompted you to write that? 
what was your experience mm-hmm. in your life where you were like, whoa, I've went mm-hmm. through those steps. Look mm-hmm. at what's happened in my life. I've got to share this. Where did that mm-hmm. all start? So I woke up somewhere in April of 2015. Um, I went on an amazing trip with my cousin and some friends to Thailand in March of that year. I went to my first full moon party. You know, I was uh, enjoying the sun, the sea, the libation and all the things. Um, my business at the time was doing about 100,000 um, a month. Uh, but that trip, I take, I took one call for 10 minutes with my team. The rest of it, everything had run quick, neatly. So I realized I've got freedom. I've got freedom to be away from the office, right? And, um, and then I looked at where I'd come from because in March of 2008, I was sitting planning my own suicide. March of 2008, I looked at my life and didn't think that I was worth carrying on. And the only reason why I didn't make an attempt is because I was in the UK. I couldn't get my hands on a gun and everything else didn't feel like it would work. And I felt like such a loser at the time, but I thought that I would actually fail at suicide. And that's the only reason why I didn't try. And so when I look at that whole journey and everything that I went through to get out of that dark place into this place where I was happy and loving my life, and I tracked what those phases that I went through and that tracking essentially emerged as uh, beyond intention. Wow. That's powerful. And um, there'll be a lot of other people listening right now going, yep, I'm either in a dark space or I've been there. And mm-hmm. so what does the other side of that look like? Now that you've went through those steps, you mm-hmm. you know, you were, you were in a very dark space, but you went through those steps. What What's the other side of that look like and feel like? The other side of that looks and feels like there is no other side. And I know that sounds really weird, but what I want people to realize is that growth isn't something that stops or ends. It's something that continues. Uh, the problems don't get smaller, you get stronger. It's not that I don't get the offering to go back into depression or I don't get the offer of going back into suicidal ideation. It's just that those things don't have the same power because I've developed and grown stronger. Mm-hmm. And that development and strength continues because I continue to grow and get stronger. I don't resign myself to getting fat on the proceeds of what I've done, the proceeds of my past personal development. And so I don't want anyone to think that there's some point of perfection or point of thing where it all becomes rainbows and fairy dust. No, it's an ongoing journey. It's the, the, the narrow road, as Jesus said in, in, in the parable, but it's one that you have the resources to do. And it's one that you enjoy the process of because you get the meaning and the joy that exists on the other side of continuing to do this work. So that's what it really looks like. But in practical terms, I live in Cabo, Mexico now, beautiful family. I get to, for my job, support and empower people on a daily basis and feel, feel fulfilled and, and have meaning in my life. Uh, I am financially free. Yes. I've got great connections and relationships with people. Yes. And I get to hang out with cool humans like you as part of what I get to do every day. But again, it's not something that I wake up resigned to the, oh, this is just going to continue. I continue the work of doing it, but it doesn't feel like work. It's one big fun game. I love it. And so where do you go to grow? So obviously mm-hmm. you and I are part of a group where we're being challenged and helped and mentored, but outside mm-hmm. of that, so what other things do you do to ensure that your mind, your heart, your body are growing? Well, I spend about six figures a year on uh, on personal development. Uh, my wife always shudders at why I'm not spending that on jewelry for her, but there we go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, continue to invest in myself. I've always got a coach. Uh, I've always got mentors. I always seek counsel. I'm always in communities that expand and push me and uplift me like the one that we're in. Um, I surround myself with people that are 
are more advanced than me um, and who are doing quote unquote better than me so that I can learn from them and be inspired by them. Um, and that's how I keep up with the journey. But, you know, I, I do have spiritual practices and mindfulness practices that serve me and where I'm at. I like to take care of myself or jujitsu and going to the gym and whatnot. But, you know, it's just continuing to push the boat out on where am I and what's the next step? Where is there space and room for growth? And how can I be supported in going for that? Mm, really powerful. And you, we talked earlier before we hit record about your kids. So fatherhood. So what role does fatherhood play in your life? You know, one of the craziest moments for me in this whole idea of fatherhood is when I came home from the office once and my son, Ethan, who was about a year old at the time, waved at me. Now, I know this sounds like a really, oh, he won't, so what? But I want everyone to stop and think. And you can answer this one too for me, Jay. Um, do you remember when you learned how to wave? No. Not at all. Do you remember the point? And this is one I, that hit me even harder. Do you remember the point at which you learned how to read? I remember, I remember a teacher in primary one back in the UK. And I remember mm -hmm. her teaching me the syllables and then bringing mm -hmm. together the words. Uh, I don't remember the exact point where like, whoa, I can read, but I do remember getting the structure together. It was, yeah, it was there. But how many of us, I mean, so Ethan's 18 months old right now. Well, he's going to be 18 months tomorrow at the point of recording. Now he's learning to talk. He's attaching meaning to things. And when he wants something, he'll pull you along to the fridge and point at it. If he wants to watch his cartoons, he comes to bring you the TV remote. And I'm sitting here wild because nobody's telling him how to do this stuff. He's just doing it. And that really helped me to have a lot more compassion for other grownups because a lot of people that are maybe being mean or not nice to you or who aren't supporting you or don't have the capacity to love and appreciate you, they probably don't remember that time of their life when the programs that lead to this behavior were being built. So it's allowed me to treat other people with so much more compassion, also to treat myself with some compassion. When I do come up against roadblocks, when I do come up against stuck states or traumas or challenges, I have no recollection of the time in my life when the foundations, the very fiber of that was being put together. So if I just give myself some compassion, that gives me the space to actually go and make those changes. It's letting go of the past so much more easier to do when you're able to love yourself more. And I've learned how to do that, observing my little guys is learning how to be a human right now. Incredible. I love it. Mm. And how do you find the time? Obviously, the time with our children goes way too quickly. But mm -hmm. with everything that you do, how do you find the mm -hmm. time to really go deep with your kids and have those moments every day? Well, the great thing about being financially free is that, you know, I'm not trying to sell another program because I need to sell another program. If I don't sell another program, I'm still going to be financially free. And so I don't work on a schedule that's based on my work. I play as I want to play because I want to play. And so that allows me to create structure in my life so that there is regular, consistent, healthy time spent as a family, but also for me to go and do my thing, to go and explore my purpose, to go and do the things I'm here to do, to keep that, I don't want to say balance, but to keep that rhythm in my life where everything works more healthily. I love it. And that's how, for the person listening right now, whether you're a mom or dad or you're thinking about it, it's important to know that you can achieve success and fulfillment and freedom and still be a great parent. I mean, one of the things, like I said, you know, we work with people on both sides of the spectrum, but when we're working with people that are more financially abundant, 
one of the first things that we're looking at doing is actually cutting the amount of time and energy that they're using to create what they're doing, whether we do it by, you know, tapping into their money DNA and helping them find more flow, or whether it's just exploring where they're actually getting any return on that time invested anyway, and helping them to break the relationship to the things that aren't even serving. And so, you know, everybody, when they understand the basics of like the Pareto principle, the 80-20 principle, will realize that 80% of your time isn't even leading to most of your results. Only 20% of your results are coming from 80% of your time. So we can either create the same amount of efficiency by just adding a little bit to that 20% that they'll get results from, or even keep the same results pretty much and just drop out the 80% that's not even leading to any results. So most people who are wanting to create or who are creating that are concerned about time should remember that most of the time that they have isn't even being used that all that efficiently anyway. Mm. Totally. And you've said this word a few times, and I know there'll be a few listeners going, yeah, but how, but how, how do I do that? And that's financially free. So mm-hmm. there's so many things, you know, in books and online, like, hey, here's a method to get financially free. So let's not go there. Let's mm-hmm. focus on the mindset. So mm-hmm. you are financially free. So if somebody's wanting to, to achieve that, whether they're running a company or they've got a side hustle or they're an entrepreneur, how do they achieve financial freedom internally before they mm-hmm. go and do all the nuts and bolts? Mm-hmm. Well, first and foremost, you have to get clear on what financial freedom is for you. So the way that I define it is having the resources to live life on your own terms without needing to exchange time and energy for it. So that could mean that you've got a business that operates on its own. It could be that you've got investments or real estate or something, or you've got whatever. You have the resources to live life in your own terms, but you have to actually know what it is to live life in your own terms. I'll give you an example. One of the ladies who works with us when asked that question, believed that she needed $1.2 million a year, 100,000 a month to be financially free. So she wasn't even making a move to go forward. She wasn't even starting the process because she thought she needed a million plus a year and that was impossible for her. And so I was like, what I want you to do is I want you to go and write down everything that you would do living your best life and then go and actually check the cost on it. And how much do you think it cost her when she did the maths? It's probably like 15K a month. Not even that three and a half thousand a month. <laughs> so good. So again, remember we spoke about clarity before as being the first step. Write down your best life. So we break it down to financial freedom one and financial freedom two. So freedom one is all of your your roof over your head, food in your belly, you know, bills paid. What's that number? And then number two is best life. If you want a second home, you know, holidays. What is the number for that? And you'll probably find especially if you interrogate what goes into that level two as to whether it's really for you or because you want to keep up with the Joneses or because you believe it's what other people think you should be. Very few people actually need as much money as they think they do to be financially free. That sets you up to go and actually start applying some of these strategies and some of these ideas to create freedom. But you need to know what you're shooting for before you pull the trigger. That's brilliant because so many of us will go, I want financial freedom. What's all the ways to do it? And, but actually, <laughs> no end point. So I think it's, it's a never-ending destination. And, and some people then don't end up starting. To, like I said, like Andrea, she didn't start because she was convinced she wasn't going to go anywhere. And then as soon as she realized, oh, this is all I need, then she could start creating an effective strategy, a path forward. Amazing. So if you're listening right now, please you know, get really clear on what that looks like, what financial mm-hmm. freedom looks like, what financial freedom two looks like, and mm-hmm. then start going to look at how you can apply that. Now, you mentioned also something that I found very interesting, money DNA. So what's money DNA? Money DNA is one of our teachings. We actually recently trademarked it. So it's money DNA, trademark. 
Facebook. Love um, it. <laughs> so Ethan, so my wife's Russian. So of course she's blonde hair and blue eyed. I'm brown skinned, brown eyed, black haired. Um, so when she became pregnant, we had zero idea of what Ethan was going to look like. He could be fairer. He could be darker. His hair could be straight. He could be curly. Like his eyes could be blue. They could be brown. We didn't know. And it was only when he was born that we found out what it was. Old was really like, come on, come with the blue eyes. Up until like four or five months when their eyes color can still change. She was like, are they going to be blue? <laughs> They're going to be blue. His eyes are still brown. So he ended up with a um, little caramel skin. He's got brown eyes. Um, he's freakishly big for his age. He wears clothes for two-year-olds. Freakishly big. <laughs> and um, and his hair's like really super duper light brown with little curly uh, blonde bits on the end. Gorgeous. He's got little curly hair. So that's, that's Ethan. There was nothing that we could do. Olga's desire for him to have blue eyes wasn't going to do anything. At the point of inception, the DNA code was already set that this is what his configuration is going to be. How tall we are, eye color, hair, blah, blah, blah. Now, we can change that. You can wear contact lenses to change your eye color. You can do some laser surgery now, I think, to change your eye color. You can dye your hair. You can tan. You can bleach. You can do all of these things, but there's still a natural unfolding. When we understand how money works and flows, you'll actually see that your current financial situation, again, without you really pushing, naturally unfolded from what was going on inside of you, your beliefs, your aptitudes, your skills, all of these things. So what we've got is we've got five pillars that allow people to, number one, identify where flow exists for them with money so that they know what to adapt and tweak, but then also where to direct their energy and focus to get the most flow from money so that it flows naturally to them. Where do I need to get some hair dye? Where do I need to go and get a suntan? What do I need to do in order to tweak? And what we find is when we brought that into the work that we did, in our signature program, we take people from zero to 1.6 million and and beyond. People were doing it in months or they were getting to their financial freedom figure in like weeks. Because once the flows turn on, everything flows naturally. And so we've got a workshop that we do around that. And uh, we've got a boot camp that take people through that. And we show them how to integrate it into their investment business, into their, their life, into uh, their, their career, into their traditional business, so that they can actually start to experience a level of flow. That means that a fraction of the energy and resources are required to create more money. Wow. And when I think of flow, the opposite of that is a blockage. So mm-hmm. if I had a money blockage, mm-hmm. and for the person listening, how would I know that I've got a blockage? You know you've got a blockage if you've not got any money. <laughs> Yeah, like, I love it. So, so, so often we overcomplicate these things, right? If something's not working, it's not working. Like the results don't lie. Like, are you living life financially as you want to? No, then there's a block because you have a desire and that desire has not been expressed in your life. It could be a mental block. It could be an emotional block. It could be a block in skills or abilities or relationships or environment. But there is a block if what you want isn't showing up. Mm-hmm. Powerful. And if there was one mm-hmm. way right now for someone to get more flow, Mm-hmm. What's one thing they could do to, to achieve a little bit more flow? I want everyone to just do this. Just go and track what's giving you results and what's not. So many people that I'm going to try again this. You've been doing the same thing for years. and It's not giving you <laughs> a result. You're trying the same marketing strategy. You're trying the same approach. Why not just focus your attention on what's actually working? And yeah, give things a chance to work. Understand the context of how long something needs to to be able to generate a result, but stop putting your energy into things that aren't paying off. Mm. <laughs> stop putting energy into things that are draining you instead of nourishing you, things that are leaving you feel empty instead of full up. 
put your energy into things that actually work and things won't actually work. I love it. And so for you, do you feel like once you get to freedom, then the next level is abundance. That's it's another yeah. level up. Yeah. So we've got a triangle to abundance. So it's like scarcity, stability, freedom, and abundance. But scarcity, and none of these are about how much money you've got. I was um, speaking to a friend the other day, and he was sharing a story about the fact that his business, he had a business 12 years ago or something that was making like 5 million a year, but he was taking home less than 100,000. Wow. Right? So the amount of money isn't the thing. There are people who are making a million dollars a month, but they're not mentally, physically, and emotionally able to enjoy it because they're burnt out or they feel empty or they hate what they're doing or they hate themselves for what they're doing. So none of these steps are just about the amount of money that you've got. It's about the mental, physical, and emotional capacity to live life on your own terms. So at scarcity, you're not able to do that. You don't have the resources to do that. At stability, you do have those resources, but it requires you to exchange time and energy. So you're working in your business, you're going to the job or you're doing whatever you need to do. Freedom is when I don't need that, right? So my needs are met, level one, level two needs are met. But then beyond that, I have overflow that allows me to contribute. I've got an overflow of vitality, of time, of money, uh, of emotions. I've got that overflowing that I can share with others. And that for me is what abundance is. Really cool. That's a really easy way to think about it too. So Mm -hmm. that's stability. I would imagine a lot of people listening are probably sitting between stability and freedom somewhere of the two more um, people more people scarcity and wow. stability not because they don't have a lot of money and i don't want people to start turning off because they think i'm calling them broke i make 10 million a year do you know who i am it's like <laughs> yeah but what's your level of connection to yourself and your loved ones yeah right how often do you forget kids birthdays or mum's birthdays or your wife's birthday and so on um do you want to be empty and devoid of energy all the time? Or is that something that's been thrust upon you? So I want people just to remember that this isn't about a number. It's about being mentally, physically, and emotionally able to live life on your own terms. And most people don't even have the level of intentionality to know what on their own terms even means. So it's impossible that they can be. They must be on scarcity or stability. Mm, I really honestly resonate with that. And I would, when you bring it up like that, and I think of some of my top clients who are mm-hmm. financially very successful, but a lot mm-hmm. of the work that we do is how they speak to their loved ones, how they mm-hmm. show up or they don't show up. And you're right. It's, mm-hmm. it's the important stuff that we don't look at as abundance. We just look at that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's just something I have to yeah. take off. Yeah. But actually, it's so important to be focused on that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. My pleasure. Now, the other book, let's take a, a, a quick chat about the other book. So it's called Money Game. Is that right? Yep. Money Game. Mm-hmm. So that was the first book. So no, actually, my first book was one called uh, The Dreamer's Manifesto, which okay. is a really short book. It's just like a little motivational book. You can read it in an hour and a half. It's a little pocket book. It goes in the back pocket. And it just breaks down my catchphrase, dream with your eyes open, and sets out my manifesto for how we can dream with our eyes open. And so that's Beautiful. that one. Um, so I've got that book. Then we wrote, I put out Stepping Beyond Intention. The Money Game is my most recent book. Brilliant. Let's chat about it. So yeah. what was what was the reason, the purpose behind writing it? So um, 2018, when I made the leap into what I'm doing now, um, I was on my own dime. I was traveling around the world on the little money that I had left. And I was basically renting a space. Hey, come and, come and listen to what I've got to say. Will you please come and listen to what I've got to say? Which is hilarious when I look back now that, you know, we sell out events and, People going to wait lists for stuff. It's like I was begging people, literally begging people to come to my stuff. 
Um, but at some point I was like, hang on a minute, this money's going to run out. It's not going to last forever because I wasn't selling anything. I wasn't trying to coach or didn't have a business. I, I was just literally serving. And I said, well, if the stuff that I'm teaching is true, then the outcome of me having enough resources to do this should, should work. Mm. And so I sat back and went through the work that I'd been doing and looked for a construct for a step-by-step process that I could use to actually call in money. And so I tested it out, wrote down as a test, getting $50. The next day, 193 euros showed up and I kept playing that and tweaking it until I, I, I set a goal for $10,000, pardon me, $10,000, and it showed up in four days. And I said, okay, this works. And so I kept playing with it and working with it. And then in January of 2019, I did a mastermind in New York. I taught and um, I shared it for the first time with the world and people immediately started getting results. And now we do some challenges around it every now and then. We're just re-recording uh, the five-day challenge on the money game now. And the record currently is 75000 Aussie dollars in two days. Before Ooh. that was $55,000. Uh, we've had 20000 27000 But here's the kicker. In the challenge, the goal is just to make 10 show up. 10 pounds, 10 euros, 10 dollars. And yet the average per challenge is somewhere between one and 2,000. Incredible. In a five-day period. And of course, people go on to get more. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to synthesize the game into a step-by-step process that people could just pick up a bookshelf anytime uh, and read and learn to play the game. So that's what the book is. It's just breaking down what the game is, where it came from, how it works, why it works so that people can play the game and have fun. So good. Again, guys, please, just if you're on your phone listening to this, which most of you will be, get it ordered, <laughs> download it, play the game. <laughs> and also, Dan, I'd love you to, after our call, to flick me through a link where they could um, follow you. I'll, I'll obviously put in your Instagram, I'll put in your website, but if they can do the challenge and find out about the challenge, yeah. that would be what great. What I would say is this, if they go to dreamwithdan.com forward slash money game, it will take them to get the book for $1. They'll get the ebook for a dollar, but it will give them access to the game and some other resources that we put together um, around the money game to enhance the experience. So dreamwithdan.com forward slash money game, they'll be able to get it. And you get then all my links and all the things, but that's a really solid place to start because everything that I teach is basically being played out with the money game. Mm-hmm. It's a way to measure just whether, whether what I'm saying is real or not. Yeah. And this is one of the things I'm putting it out there. I'm saying, look, if I'm real, when you put it down and follow these steps, you'll get the result. And if you don't get the result after doing the steps, then obviously I'm full of it, right? And so it's a way for you to see that all this stuff I talk about in Stepping Beyond Intention, in my workshops, in my speak, whatever, it's real. And here's a way for you to see for yourself that it's real. I love it. And yeah, there's no there's no way to find out other than trying it. And there's a couple mm-hmm. of things I'd like to add in there for the listener. So when Oprah Winfrey and Richard Branson are interested in what you do and promote what you do, then... <laughs> Obviously, what you do is pretty damn good. Um, <laughs> so, Dan, that's a testament right there. They, they both like they both enjoy your work and, and promote it. And the other thing I'd like to say is there's a great author and uh, money manager. He's probably one of the biggest hedge fund managers of all time, Ray Dalio. And mm-hmm. Ray wrote an Love incredible Ray. book called Principles. And yep. he talks about believability. And he mm-hmm. said, look, believability is when someone does something at a really high level, creates an amazing result but then they do it multiple times mm-hmm. and then they're able to replicate that and distill it down really simply to show mm-hmm. other people how to do it multiple times. And that's believability. So you've got the ultimate believability, you know, you've done it multiple <laughs> times you. yourself, you've distilled <laughs> it into a, a book uh, and, a, mm-hmm. and a challenge and other people have got results. So mm-hmm. there's nothing more believable than that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, James.
That's incredible. Now, what's next for you? So but before we wrap up, I'd love to know where are you headed? What's on your five-year, 10-year trajectory? Where are you working towards? Moving into film more. Wow. So, yeah. So um, my podcast, Do It With Dan, is top 1%. Beyond Success, top 0.5%. And we're still scaling, growing those and sharing them with more people. So the podcast is kind of doing its thing. Um, unfortunately, my TEDx didn't get accepted to go through all the way to being posted we recorded it but you know they didn't let that go through but guess what we're ripping the audio of the talk and popping it on the podcast so we'll still share it and my next film project is actually going to be about that so we're working on a film project right now called manifest nation um you'll find out a bit more about that on my website but manifest nation we are just exploring the idea of manifestation by speaking to neuroscientists we interviewed the guy who built the mri um, machine and and really cool people like that uh, and then the next film project is probably going to be um, around the, the TED Talk topic. But films is where I'm going. Um, I've been really, really, really blessed to to be able to get involved with Abundance Studios. Yes, an amazing name. One of my mentors, Nick Nanton, 11-time Emmy Award winner. Uh, I'm a producer in his studio now, exec producer on the next project they're doing with um, Chris Voss, the ex-FBI investigator. So we're doing cool. that this year. Um, again, the books we've got, you know, got the deal now. So we're going to get that um, republished by Simon and Schuster's. But yeah, film is where I'm going next. I really feel that there's um, something about the ability to take in information that's in film form. Uh, I really feel we've got the podcasting game down now and we're just scaling that. But yeah, film, that's where we're going to next. Very exciting. Well, you heard it here first, guys. Watch out for the, the film version of Dan. It's going to be exciting. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well, we've got one last fun. question I'd love to ask you. So fast forward many years into the future. Um, mm-hmm. It's your last day on earth. And mm-hmm. one of your children says, hey, dad, I've got a question. It's a really important question. I need to ask you this before you leave. Dad, mm-hmm. how do I lead my life with purpose? What would mm-hmm. you say to them? So I've got a really interesting relationship to the idea of purpose. One of my keynote talks is the pointlessness of purpose, because I think far too often we get caught up in purpose as an idea instead of it being a practical experience. And the practical experience of purpose doesn't require going up to the mountains of India or disappearing off into an ashram somewhere. For me, it's just one question with one qualifier. What feels good to me and doesn't impact other people's lives feeling good also? What feels good and does no harm? And if you can just keep asking yourself that question, what is my heart bringing forward now as something that I'm being called to do that doesn't impact what other people's hearts are being called forward to do, then I don't think you can go wrong. And I don't think you can go off too far off the beaten track of what the universe, God, divine source is really leading you into experiencing and bringing forward. Powerful. If you're listening to this, please write that down and, and practice that today. That's phenomenal. Dan, I just want to say a massive heartfelt thank you for taking the time to connect. And I'm excited to see where you take things. Thank you so much, Jake. Really appreciate it. And guys, if you're not already tuned into James and what he's doing, he's an absolutely awesome human. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you rate and review his podcast and share this episode with a friend. Legend. Thanks so much, mate. Thanks for tuning in today and investing in your own personal leadership. Please hit that subscribe button and I'd love if you'd leave me a rating and review. I've got some amazing guests lined up for you in the coming weeks and leaders, it's that time to get out there and lead your life on purpose.